Welcome, everyone. We'd like to welcome you all to the Bias Panimi group for men. Tefillah that Hashem uh, should give us Yat Deshmaya, that this group should bring about a lot of shalom in the world, a lot of shalom in the Mishpachis of Klai Yisrael and Bracha into your homes and Bracha within yourselves. And it should be a vehicle. Um, not only for ourselves to better our own shalom bias, but also to spread the word and to help heal all the mishpachis in Klal Yisrael. The first thing I want to talk about, which is an important concept pertaining to shalom bias, is what we talked about once before about matzah or maitzah, that it's brought down that... Um, Mark Subas brings down that you would, you would dance in front of the Kala and Kala no the Hasuda. And um, so the question is if in the Gemara Brachis it says that uh, in Eretz Yisrael, someone would get married, they would say Matzah or Matzah. And uh, the two Pesukim describe the opposite outlooks on, on a woman. One Pasuk says Matzah Isha Matzah Taif. Which means a good woman, and the other one is Maitani Isha, a woman worse than death. So it's not Mistaber that um, if you if the din is you say Kalanovasuda when you go to Hasana, that they're gonna ask who did you end up marrying? A woman that's Taif or a woman that's worse than death. So what's Pshat? What is the strange thing that they're asking? And the answer is, is of course you have to say Kalanovasuda. And that's how we pass on like the base Hillel. We pass on like the base Hillel that you say Kal Hasuda, even if objectively she may not be the most beautiful to most people, but to the Chassan, she is beautiful. And that is Emes. And that's how we touch up how the base Hillel explains that there is no problem with Midvashaketirchak because it's Emes. You're seeing, seeing, the, seeing the Pneumius of what the Kala actually is. So then what is the meaning of asking the chassan whether it's matzah or maitzah? So it's brought down from Yaakov Melisa, the Nesivis, he brings down, that we're not asking the chassan about what he thinks his view on his wife. Do you view your wife this way, or you view your wife in the negative light? That's not what they're asking. They're asking about what is the approach that you're taking towards your wife. One approach is an approach that leads to matzah, matzah isha, matzah taif. And the other approach leads to the maitzah, which is worse than death, marmi maves. And the positive, pro- and, and basically what, what the B'nai Marav was saying over here is, is that it's dependent on you. You're, the isha is a chelik alakami ma'al mamash, and she has a special neshama. And she's very special, and she's toiv, and she's a kala no of chasuda. But your mahalach, your attitude, your approach, the chasen they're talking to, of how you, you view your wife, whether with a matzah lens or a maitzah lens, determines how you'll feel about her. And the way it's brought down is as follows. Matzah isha matzah toiv, I found a woman, I found goodness, means that he found it already. It's past tense. Matzah is past tense. I found the Isha. The search is over. In other words, when 
a bacher is in the parsha, he's in the parsha, and he's doing his research, considerations, investigations, deliberations, clarifications, and weighing options, and all these things that he's doing pre the shidduch going through. And uh, we know that min shamayim, it's all min shamayim, and a lot of it is, you know, Hashem just arranging that type of thing. But the bottom line is, is that once the parsha is over, it's done, it's finished, and you never revisit it again. You found your Isha. This is who she is. This is your Kala. No ifs, no ands, nor buts about it. The search is over for good. And from this point on, all those intensive work that may have happened in the Shedich, clearing with the finger this or that, if I would have known this, I would have known that, I didn't know this, I didn't know that, I could have known that, and this and that, doesn't mean anything. Once you found her, and you married her, Hashem gave her to you, this is your wife, there's no second guessing, there is no niggling doubts, and there's no wondering about whether you made a right choice, or you could have done better, this is the woman that you found. And it's the end of the story. Mutza, I found her. And it's done. And then that attitude itself creates that the Isha is toiv to you. Matza Isha, Matza toiv. If you do that, and now you say, it's what's done is done, but now I'm going to discover the real treasures. She may have some flaws, but I am going to discover the treasures within her. It's Matza toiv. You got an Isha taif, Be'etzem. Maitza, on the other hand, which is Ra, Marmi, Maves, worse than death, means he's constantly finding. He's in the present stage. He's in the present tense. He's in the finding mode even years after he's married. Even after he say, said Hareat Mekodeshesli, even after he put the ring on the finger, he hasn't moved on from being in the Parsha. He's technically married, and he may have many kids already, and his wife could be a full-fledged Aishas-ish and an Aishas Chayel, but he never exited that previous phase in his life because in his head, he's rolling around in his head, maybe this, maybe that, maybe the other thing, and he never made the decision to be at peace with his situation so that every time now he finds some full flaws or failings, it bothers him and he starts doubting whether he made the right decision. When you're a Matzah, past tense person, even if you found some flaws, things that bother you. Okay, so we work on it. We work on the situation. We daven for things. We work things through together. But there's no niggling doubts that creates this Gehenim of a, of a storm in your mind of, cons- of constantly searching. And that's what a Maitzah Yi does. He's still in the Pasha. He's still checking out, what, is, he, is she really the right one? He's forever second-guessing his choice, which is really Hashem's choice for him. And maybe I could have done better. Maybe I assessed wrong. I reassessed. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And, uh, you know, maybe I didn't do a full, full-fledged investigation when I, when I dated her and, and so on and so forth. If you have that mentality, then it's Marmi Maves. Now, I do acknowledge that there are 2% situations, 1% situations where there is something serious that should have been revealed before and wasn't. That does happen, and we will talk about that, Bezat Hashem, as time goes on. But what I'm talking about is 
for 98% of the time, plus probably beyond that, where it is not like that. It's how Hashem arranged it. This is meant to be. This is your zivik. And the say the constant looking, the constant not making peace with your situation is creating for you that every little thing that is going on is driving you absolutely crazy. And that creates a turmoil, and that creates the Isha Ra. It's not that the Isha is Ra. She is an Isha Toiv, an Isha Schayel, with her faults. But you, we, are stick, stuck as might say Jews, if we choose that path, in an immature, romantic, fantasy world of still being, quote-unquote, in the Parsha, as if it wasn't chosen yet. And that makes our life a living Gehenna a living hell, and we are bringing it on ourselves because our expectations will never be met, not because there's no goodness there, there's tremendous toiv there, but our expectations are not grounded in a reality of what life is meant to be and what marriage is meant to be. Our expectations are warped in the maitse mode. So the Chazal is telling you, and the B'nai Marava wanted to tell you that if your attitude is a maitse attitude, then it's doomed for fail- to failure. Marriage doesn't work that way. And that is a yesite that one needs to uh, uh, f- you know, have in his mind. And if he f- does have that in them, they need to change from the maitza outlook to a matza outlook. A matza person who, who finds and knows he has an isha taiva understands that whatever led him up to this point is now irrelevant, completely irrelevant. You signed on the dotted line, it's minashamayim, you signed it on that, on that dotted line, now it's time to roll up your sleeves and get to work. And the get to work doesn't have to be depressing, it could be uplifting, it's hard work, but it's uplifting, highly motivated work, and it could create a tremendous, beautiful shalom bias that is realistic, and doable, not a fantasy, but something that is real. This is my wife, and that's it. And that's not something that you resign yourself to, but this is my wife, and that's it. And she's a Isha Taiva. And I'm going to see it, and I'm going to find it, and I'm going to develop it. I'm going to bring that out. And this is my life, and this is my matzev, and no ifs and ands or buts about it. And I'm going to do everything I can in my matzev to go with it and make the best of it. And another thing that I just want to bring about to talk about as a general on, in the Shiurim are, is that Enochanami, there are situations that are severe where divorce is warranted. It's in a drastic and severe and extreme circumstances, generally speaking, when you're faced with such a situation where divorce is required, where you ask, and there are. I've known, and it's rare, usually it comes with a lot of contention and heartache, but have seen, and the Rabbanim say it's very rare, but when it happens, it's Mama Shekidish Hashem, where for whatever reason, the marriage can't work out, and they have to get divorced, but they work it out in such a shalomdika way where the kids are would thrive and they're not negatively affected. And that's a separate parsha, which maybe we'll bring up at a different time. Another thing important to know generally about the shiurim is, is that though we will talk about extreme cases, whether uh, one of the spouses is suffering from 
a, a severe mental illness or OCD or extreme anxiety or extreme depression, or if there's chas shouldn't happen, addiction, to all types of addictions, whether sexual, alcohol, gambling, drug, or alcohol, or whether there is some type of extreme things like narcissism um, and, and um, you know, some, one of them being a sociopath, all these extreme cases, which are, Baruch Hashem, not common and very rare, because in most cases, even if someone has some, you know, issues with anxiety and depression, it's something that's usually workable. But we're not talking in general, and certainly we're not talking now about those particular cases. There will be shiurim, we may address this, but you need to know as we go through the shiurim, we're talking about 98 plus percent of marriages where the two people are inherently good people. They may have flaws, they may have a hot temper, they may have a, a pull towards food or have sometimes trouble and they drink a little too much Shabbos or something like that. We're talking about or normal flawed people that have to work on their midas. That's what we're talking about. The extreme cases, every time you give, we need to know, because otherwise it's impossible to really give a Shalom Bayashir when we're always talking about the outlier. So that's something important for all of you to take in, that I'm taking as a premise of 98 plus percent of you is, is that you're good people, but flawed people, and you need to. There needs to be self work done in order to, to to thrive. But the idea of being a matza, a matza means I found my wife. Then there's a isha toiva there. It's forever. Marriage is for keeps, and she's bound to you, and you're bound to her. As soon as you put on that ring and said hareya mikdashesli, and that is a recipe for a happy marriage. Having that knowledge. And to uh, finish up on this point, um, just Agav, highly recommended book called Dear Son for the Boys and Dear Daughter for Girls by Ravelio Goldschmidt. I own it. I have it somewhere. I just can't find it right now. So, uh, but I uh, have a copy of a certain piece of it. But for um, people that are Hassan age and Kala age, very highly recommended book. Gives you real insights in what Shaduchim are all about and the proper Ashkafa thereof. So that's just a, a, a book a recommendation. Dear Son or Dear Daughter, Boys and Girls, two separate books by Rabel Yo Goldschmidt. So anyway, he brings down there um, that he's, guys, he's talking to his son. He, it's in the form of writing letters to his son. And the father's saying, you know, one of my visits to Argentina, I made a Jew who was divorced and happily remarried. And uh, he had some questions about Chinech, and he wanted his, uh, my advice. And during the conversation, I asked him, why did you div- divorce your first wife? And he answered, I had no patience for her. I couldn't deal with her. I see. So are you happily married now? He says, oh, yes, very much so. I'm happily married. Uh, so he asked... Um, so is your second wife opposite in character of your first wife? He says, no, not at all. You can't imagine how much uh, patience I need to deal with her. So then he said, I don't understand. Why were you able to be so much more patient with this wife than you were with your first wife? And he smiled and shrugged. And he said, no, oh, you know, you learn from your mistakes. So very often it happens like that. Um, and 
and then we will mention this also, if people that are already divorced and they want to remarry, they have to just simply learn the mistakes that they learned in their own, what they themselves know they need self-work on, they need to be careful and try not to make the same mistakes and learn the lessons that you needed to learn in order to move forward. And for those that are married and their marriages have bumps or whatever it is, what you need to do very simply is work on your character and think along those lines. And you don't have to go get divorced and then remarry the the same person or a different person, but rather you work on your character and you work on things while you're married now. And as experience shows, and as we brought in the main shiurim by John Gottman and his research in you know studying couples for 40 years with practicing those skills that you need to practice and do, and if both, the, both of them do it together, marriages that were very, very shaky end up being beautiful and strong and everlasting. But the maita mentality, oh, if I only would have married somebody else, but I, if or if I would marry somebody else, then I would be happy. That is that maita mentality of constantly looking, various variations going into your head, depending on this and that and the other thing. And it's a tremendously damaging and terrible fallacy and falsehood that goes into people's minds when they bring into their heads these type of fantasies that they indulge in in order to exempt themselves from doing what they need to do in life. And you won't have it better with anyone else. Uh, Yes, obviously, if you learn from your mistakes and you work on your character and you take marriage in a healthy perspective, then yeah, it will get better. But the point is, is it's not necessarily, for the most part, because it's a different woman that you're not married to now, but it's because you are a different person. You became a different person. And you changed by learning that proper healthy mentality of matzah versus matzah. By the way, this what I just said. There's a makar for it in Masechtas Kala, Paragimel, that Aharon used to do this. He used to try to explain when there was an argument between a husband and a wife, and he used to talk, let's say, to the husband and try to explain that, you know, you try to leave her, it's a suffix to him to kamaisa. It'll be a suffix if you'll find, if you try to remarry, that you'll find anyone like her. And we know, as we spoke to on it before, Aharon Akayin, even though you're allowed to change things because of Shalom, he, didn't, he never outright lied. That's not the Mahalach. Aharon succeeded in making Shalom not through Sheker, but rather by bringing out the Nakuda, the true Emes and Nakuda that's within the person. So one of the main Nakudas of this introduction is to bring out this concept that's very, very important, um, that is, again, not a romantic thing and not necessarily an inspiring thing. But the idea is, is that in order for you to be matzliach in your marriage and to have unbelievable, beautiful shalom bias, you need to have what we call a solid work ethic. Um, meaning, which is not a romantic thing, but it really requires a work ethic. Work ethic means that you really have to put a lot of effort into it. And that doesn't mean 
that you can't enjoy life and enjoy your marriage doesn't mean you have to go beyond your stamina level. You're only expected to do the, what Hashem gives you. And in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he doesn't expect crazy, unrealistic expectations. But he does expect us to live out our best potential. And he gives us those kaychais to do that. And we cannot fool ourselves. By nature, I am also have a laziness in me. And some of us have it. And we need to break it as best as we can and realize that when we get married, we need to have a healthy work ethic towards married, marriage to actually schwitz. That's how, how, how people grow. And that is a healthy thing. And that causes ultimately simcha and menuchas nefesh and many, many times of tremendous enjoyment. And the reason I say this and is, is as follows, you know, people that are bachrim, they're not yet married, they don't understand this concept. So um, an example is, is that a bachr, let's say he's in Elzman and he got into his room and he realizes his roommates are not the type of people he wanted. He's a Ben Aliyah, he wants to learn Torah all the time and he wants to be around people who are Isaac and Torah and mitzvahs. And the roommates he has read novels and uh, talk about the sports and... Uh, and the latest albums in this spare time. So what does he do? He, the matzav is something he doesn't want. He switches rooms. Or if he doesn't like that yeshiva, he gets rishos, he goes to another yeshiva. So you don't like a matzav, you change it. But the ultimately, that is what a bacher has to reprogram in his mind, that when he gets married, it doesn't work like that. It's not just, okay, I'll just switch the matzav, and just switch rooms, switch this, easy solution finished no here comes a realization that you're in a long-term relationship that requires real work and for some of us we didn't have that mental preparation before marriage in order for the marriage to work well so we give we have to be done ourselves lakavskos and our wives lakavskos that many of us going into marriage in the early years we may have not gotten the right education or the right chinech or the right preparation to prepare ourselves for the realities of marriage okay so what we need to do for our own children is to help them have the right education towards what marriage is really about but benegea ourselves makes no difference whether the ones listening here are married for only a few years or 10 years or 20 years or 30 years or more now is the time now meaning the present where you take marriage for the way it is which is a matzah this isha is for you she is the minashamai meant for you and she is a isha taiva as long as you within you have the situation of matzah i found her no more fantasies of what if when we are and how but rather now i'm going to work towards that healthy good work ethic towards marriage to make things better and that is one of the purposes of this year yes we are going to talk about the other side also what happens when one's wife has a particular challenge in her character that is upsetting to you and how to handle it so it's going to be both. You see, you have certain methodologies in the Shalom Bayis, the way people portray it. Rabbi Arush is one of those where he writes separate um, books for men and women, and they're not supposed to read each one for the other. And the logic is simple because he wants everyone to train on their own self-work. 
and not necessarily, you know, and if each one works on their own self-work, ultimately the marriage will be beautiful. Now, while that is true, and a lot of the shiurim we're going to talk here is going to be about that self-work, but in truth, sometimes it is these challenges that are, you know, pertaining to a problem that is from the other person primarily and how to handle that. We will discuss that as well. But in general, the first finger we have to point is towards ourselves, realizing that, yes, our wives are not perfect. They may have some flaws and real flaws that they need to be masakin. But let's look at ourselves in the mirror too. There are many things that we need to be masakin to. And sometimes with a little skill and a little a self-work and a little work ethic, like we just said, will actually be able to turn things around in a major, in a major way. And with Hatzlacha, I daven that all of you should have tremendous Hatzlacha with this, and it should be a vehicle here to be Mar B'Shalom Bayis in your own homes, Be'ezes Hashem in all aspects of marriage, and Metz Hashem to also spread it further, and to be Mar B'Shalom Bayis in Klal Yisrael.